The Source of Truth is an audio recording of Pastor Ronnie Love sharing Christian encouragement and biblical truth. We hope this podcast can help make your path a bit brighter today. Psalms 119.105 says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Good morning. Welcome to this Wednesday edition of our podcast. Thanks again for joining us and participating with us as we journey uh, through the book of 1 Peter. Uh, It's Wednesday. We're glad you're with us. We would encourage you tonight. uh, We have our midweek service. Our midweek service is different than the Sunday worship services. It's a bit more casual. Uh, We have our kids club that takes place all the way from nursery up to sixth grade. We have youth group that takes place at the same time, and that runs from about 7 all to about 8 to 8, 15. And then for the adults, we have an adult Bible study that currently meets in the auditorium. It's a little different while there's teaching. If you want to ask questions, it's set up for discussion. Uh, It's not a full auditorium, a great safe place to come and just enjoy some time to learn. If you just want to sit back and watch and take it in, then you are more than happy to do that as well or more able. So we encourage you to come. I invite you, if you can't somehow make it to in-person here, uh, we do live stream the Bible study portion of it. So that'll be tonight at 7 o'clock. Uh, We're in 1 Peter chapter 1. We started yesterday with verses 1 and 2, and we talked about being chosen by God, who Peter was and what it means to be elect or be chosen. Uh, Today we're going to dig again. He's going to give us a little more depth. And what we're doing is, and we talked yesterday a little bit about some of the people who are very strong to this idea of election. And unfortunately, people who don't believe in the limitations, what I believe to be the wrong teaching of election, but these limitations, they kind of, they miss some great truths. Because here's the point. I believe that God is actively involved in salvation. I also believe that man has a free will and has a right to choose and can only get saved if they choose. But I believe the Bible teaches both. And, it, and we, we have to see that it's not about what I believe when I go to the Word of God. It's what does the Bible say? So let's look at these two verses that I think are, or three verses really, that I think are hugely encouraging. And there's some great sound doctrine in there that I think are needful for us today. So we're in verse number three. The Bible says this, Blessed be the God. Can I tell you, uh, you might think this is a small thing, but that definite article of the or the is a very important thing. He's not being blessed be God, a God, or one of the gods. Blessed be the God. There is only one, and Peter is defining this. There's no mistake in this. This is not a random extra thing that uh, we preachers pull from it. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. You see the Trinity right there in that. He who which is according to his abundant mercy hath begotten us again into a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. So what is he saying there? Uh, through his mercy, not because we've earned it, not because we're good, not because we deserve it, by his mercy, he hath begotten. The word begotten, we use the phrase born again. Same idea, we have been saved. He has saved us again unto a lively hope. The word lively literally just means living. It's alive, it's well, it's moving right now. This is not an Old Testament hope. This is not a hope just for the future. Uh, This is living, it's active, it's now. When we come to Jesus, we have a hope that transcends anything this world claims to offer. The world screams hope, and all that means is they hope they can get their way. And a lot of times they believe what they're going to is hope, but they don't understand that hope only comes from a true source and, and, and hope today is empty because it doesn't have God. And when you, you're gonna find hope, you find it in Jesus, you find it in Christ alone, you find it in God. And not in religion, not in church, but in God. And so when we get saved, we're given a living hope. Now please understand, we can sometimes take what I'm teaching right now 
uh, and we add to it. And here's what I mean by that. Some preachers, sometimes we run to this. We get this idea, well, God is giving us a living hope. We have hope. That means we're going to move out of the despair we're in and everything in life's going to be great. Hope does not eliminate battles. The fact that I have hope doesn't mean that all my problems are going to disappear. It simply means in the midst of a chaotic world, there is hope. The, the light at the end of the tunnel, very bad illustration, but you, you understand where I'm coming with this. This premise of hope, uh, some people want you to believe. If you have Jesus and you're right with God, there's never going to be a problem in your life. It's just not biblical. That is a lie. Uh, Peter, this entire book, talks about the battles that we go through in life and these in themselves are not lack of salvation. It's digging us deeper into God and faith in Him in our salvation. So he's saying that our hope is not an elimination of the battles. Our hope is in the midst of them. And that's what the world can't understand. The world believes that true hope eliminates all problems. And God is saying, no, I'm going to give you a hope that makes no sense in the middle of these problems. Whatever you're facing right now, it doesn't mean that your life is falling apart. It means that God can somehow use that. Now, there may be battles in your life right now, but if you're a Christian walking with God, I truly believe that your world may not be falling apart, it may be falling in place. God somehow can be using the good and bad to get you closer to Him, to strengthen you. And maybe you say, well, I'm not saved and my life is purely chaotic. Well, unfortunately, you are living through this chaos alone and you don't understand the hope that comes from that. And that's where not church or religion, but a relationship with Jesus. By the way, a true relationship with Jesus will bring you to church will get you engaged in a church because that's what God uses today. I'm just trying to say that church alone is not the answer. Jesus is the answer. And when I come to Jesus, then I will engage myself in a church where I can worship and serve Jesus. So he says that gives us some great truths about the living hope. Then he says, what are we, what are we um, the hope we have? It's an inheritance, verse 4, to an inheritance incorruptible. It's not it's not, it's kind of like taxes today. You know, are we really getting taxed for the right reason? You know what I'm saying? It's not incorruptible. No one's stealing from us. I'm not saying taxes are stealing from us. I'm just saying that we know what it is. It's not corrupted. No one's going to be taking from us. No one's going to be using it against what we want. It's an incorruptible um, inheritance. It is undefiled and it fadeth not away. It's not something that's here today and gone 10 years from now. It is permanent and it's reserved. It is reserved in heaven for us. This is a living hope that is through all the things we'll go through from now until the day Jesus comes back, but then there's also an eternal hope. It's a current hope, it's a, per, it's a permanent hope, and it's an eternal hope. And that's what this inheritance, the inheritance comes from God. By the way, it's an inheritance not that we can earn. It's inheritance not that we fight after. We get it because of we've been chosen by God, because we have gotten saved and have joined that corporate election. We have become part of God's body, God's church. And when we become part of the church of Christ, and we, we, we engage and we've been saved and we're growing that, we enjoy that inheritance, that earthly inheritance of God's work, the permanent inheritance of, of heaven. And let's continue in verse 5. Who are kept? He's talking about us, the, 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 the elect, that, and looking because of the resurrection, enjoying that lively hope, that living hope, that we have an inheritance that will never fade away. We are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. So this is a very important verse because one of the questions that has been asked, uh, and it's still a debate in Christendom today, can 
you lose your salvation. Well, I'm going to give you a simple answer. The simple answer is no, you cannot lose your salvation. So we talked about this in youth group last week. Then what do you do to people who uh, today they were excited, they got saved, or 10 years ago, excited, they got saved, and, and now they claim to be atheists and want nothing to do with God? Well, one or two things. One, they could be so massively backslidden, they're fighting God, and that's what they want to believe. Because frankly, this, you would think about it, an atheist who wants to claim that God doesn't exist, but then they hate God. That just, those two don't make sense. You can't hate something that doesn't exist. So probably there is an internal battle in their life and they need to submit to God and come back. Second of all, they may have never gotten saved. Please remember, a simple prayer in itself does not bring salvation. There needs to be repentance and a conversion, a transformation. True salvation brings that. And, and to someone truly saved, you know, while they want to, they may battle and backslide, they've never lose that. How do we know that? He goes, we, we, the church, are kept by the power of God. And this is where sometimes the heavy sovereignty of God, and people are getting nervous by that, and they run to what's known as Arminianism. If I have a free will, then I have to believe I can lose my salvation. That can be, that's no further from the truth. In God's sovereignty, he has given me a free will. And in my free will, when I choose God, he has promised to keep me. He keeps me. John 10 talks about in his hand, God, Jesus' hand, and in God's hand. He, I'm kept. No man will pluck me out of my Father's hand. I am kept by the power of God through my faith, not my feelings. There are days I don't feel saved. There are days that I don't act saved. There are days that my mind and my life are not what the world would say is a good Christian or I would think, but that doesn't mean anything because it's not my feelings or actions that may give me salvation. It's my faith and it's God's gift. So if I've placed, truly placed my faith in Jesus, good and bad days, I'm still saved. Now I need to get right with God and grow beyond that, but I am truly saved. I don't lose that because I have a good day or a bad day. And Peter is the perfect example of this. He, we are kept by God's power, not by my goodness. God's power through faith unto salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. It is held, and I will be able to see the fulfillment of it in the last time. At the end of time, when I stand before God, I will see his power, his goodness, and his grace in the midst of all of this. Why is this so important? Because when you go into the battles that we're gonna talk about, what Peter talks about, the trials, these are the foundational truths. See, because Satan wants to lie to you in the middle of these battles. He wants to convince you that you're wrong. He wants to convince you that this is all your fault. He wants to convince you that God doesn't love you. And you need to hold on to the fact that he has chosen us, that he loves us, that he holds on to us, and that we have this salvation until our life is over. These are the foundational principles that keep us strong when everything else seems to be falling apart. These are the things we hope you hold on to. And I hope these are encouragement to you. I hope they help. I know these are absolute necessary foundational truths that every Christian needs to hold on to, and I hope they're an encouragement to you. Thanks again for joining us on this Wednesday morning and giving me a chance to be part of your day. I hope it's a help, hope it's an encouragement, and I greatly appreciate the privilege to be part of your day. Thanks again for joining us today. We look forward to seeing you again tomorrow.